Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. We're in a series uh, that we're calling Four Letter Words. Four letter words, and uh, uh, we've been talking about uh, four letter words, uh, some that uh, for some people, they don't want to hear these words. Uh, We talked about one so far. Um, The first week, two weeks ago, we talked about love and that how love actually for some people is a four letter word. Um, because of how um, those who've said they and use that word love and how they've treated them or how they've been betrayed or hurt. And to some people, whoa, 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 I don't want to hear it or I can't receive it or no, 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 whenever people say that, it means fill in the blank. And that when we hear God so loved the world, you can actually hear that through that perception of, oh, people have hurt me before who've said they love me, but yet we said, God loves you with a different kind of love. That is not a love that you've experienced anywhere else, that a God love, agape kind of love, the unconditional, unmerited, that God loved you when you were at your worst, right? The Bible says, while we were still sinners, he, he loved us. He died for us. So he loves us with a different kind of love. You can't add to it. You can't take it away. You can't even be like, whoa, whoa, you can't love me. No, God loves you. And we then get to receive his love. And last week we talked about how we um, we are commanded as Christ followers to love one another. And it's not just an add-on, like you don't just add love as you're a Christian, but actually it is a fruit that comes out. It's not a forced thing, but actually a fruit that comes out of your life as you grow in the Lord. So we're going to continue this week, uh, four-letter words. And uh, we're going to p- continue with another word. And I'm not just picking it because, oh, this is, that's cute, Josiah. It's a four-letter word. It fits into the series. That's so thoughtful of you. You must have really put a couple minutes into that one. But I'm actually picking this one um, because this word and what this word says and means is actually important and I believe vital to life. Because when you have this word, when you have this in your life, you see a future. It impacts your outlook. It impacts how you do life. It impacts every facet of your life. And when this is absent in your life, you don't see a future. You don't see a purpose. A lacking of this in your life can actually even be life-threatening. And what I'm talking about today is hope. Hope. Hope is, if you were to Google it, it's this, it's a a, a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain outcome, hope. uh, First Corinthians talks about, now these three things remain, faith, hope, love. A a, a better definition of hope is uh, to expect with confidence, to expect with confidence, have confident expectation. And when you are filled with hope, when you have hope, you could say you are hopeful. Oh, compounding word. Look at that. (laughs) Um, But you could say you're hopeful. You're hopeful. You have confident expectation about the future. You have confident expectation. You're hopeful about your family, about your career, where God has placed you, right? It's not just a career. If you are a Christian, it's not just a career. That is now a calling where God has seen fit for you to be at that time as part of your calling to be a light in that place. 
Uh, in your life, you, you have a, a confident expectation. Uh, you, you see purpose. You have a confident expectation. You say the best is yet to come. Hope, I think, is vital. Yet actually hope in, in people, specifically Canadian people, is on the decline. You know those surveys that the government sends you, like those censuses that they make you fill out? Um, so, yeah, you haven't been made? Oh, yeah, you just... Anyways, uh, the government, uh, Statistics Canada, actually released in 2022 um, in data about hopefulness. They asked how hopeful... Whoa, that, my voice cracks, so it must mean it's important. How hopeful are Canadians? And in 20, uh, 2016, 75% of Canadians said they felt hopeful. They felt hopeful. In 2022, 64% of Canadians felt hopeful. So that's down 11%. Now you might be, oh, it's 11%. But we, it's like breaking news if the interest rate goes up 0.25. So if it went up 11%, like there would be like panic. Now, it, so it's d hopefulness in statistically by the government of Canada, their studies is Canadians, they, it is down 11%. So 36% of Canadians, according to the government of Canada, are hopeless. That's official. And if you're in age, age between 15 and 35, it actually jumps up to 40% of Canadians are hopeless. They have no hope for the future, no confidence for the future. So in a room, say, if we had 60 people today, rough math is there would be 21 people sitting in this very room who are hopeless, who are feeling no hope. And I would say this is a massive problem. This is almost like an epidemic that Canadians, not just somewhere else, that Canadians are hopeless. That hopelessness is growing. And you can look at other places in the world where hopelessness, but a lack of hope. It, it's, it's not only, I don't really like my, how it looks in the future. Like, I remember the good old days when you could buy a washer and dryer and it would last for 30 years. I'm just not hopeful about this one, right? I'm not talking about that. But a lack of hope, a lack of hope, hopelessness can actually lead to, to people into a place where you see no future for yourself. You see no way that I can go. That, that actually, I think it can actually be a life or death thing. That when people are hopeless, I think it can even lead to people taking their life because they don't see a future. Stats Canada also said in 2029, 2.7% of Canadians had thoughts of suicide. 2019, what did I say? Okay, well, 20 in the future. What are you doing, Stats Canada? In 2019, 2.7% of Canadians had thoughts of suicide. In 2021, it was 4.2. So like it's, it's, it's almost double. Now I'm not a psychologist, I'm not any of that, but I can see that those two numbers are correlated. That, that as one goes up, the other one is going up. And that I believe that hope is vital to life. And that at the very extreme, when you don't have hope, you see no future, you see no place for you. And I think for many people, not just everybody up there, but I think 
including Christians, there are many people that feel hopeless. That they once had hope, but now they're hopeless. I hoped it would work out, but it hasn't. I hoped it would be different, but it hasn't. I hoped it would look like this, or it would turn out like this, but it doesn't. I'd hoped it went this way, but it hasn't. I hoped I would be this place in life, right? Like you like plan out your future and I hoped it would be there. And then when it's not, all of a sudden you can feel discouragement, disappointment, and I think it leads into hopelessness. I thought by this time I would be here, my life would look like this, but now that it doesn't, I feel hopeless. That it didn't work out here, hopeless. And Hopelessness, I think it can cause you to stop. It can cause you to stop moving forward. It can cause you to stop believing in God, in the God-given dreams and purposes that he has for you. It can stop you from what you hoped for at one time. Okay, I'm hopeful to find a spouse and you've been disappointed, disappointed, and then you just stop. Or I hope that I would have a, a baby and then we haven't and, and it just has been so long and so I've stopped being hopeful. Or I thought like my business would take off like this and it hasn't yet or my career would be here and it hasn't yet and so I've become hopeless and I stopped. Or I thought I would conquer this one thing that just keeps coming along with me at this one habit and yet I feel hopeless because I have it and then I stop. You stop looking towards the future. Maybe you've been there or maybe you are there. That you've put hope in something. You've put hope in someone. Or maybe even you've put hope in yourself. Like, okay, I'm going to do it. But then now you feel hopeless. Hope, uh, it, for many people, I think, is a four-letter word. I don't want to hear this. I've hoped before. I've, 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 I've been looking at it before, but I, I'm, I'm not reaching it there. I can, I'm not going to put myself in that position to hope again. But if you are there, if you are hopeless today, can I encourage you that this isn't your end? That where you are today is not your end. And if you feel hopeless, the last thing you want to hear is someone to say, just keep going. But if you're there today, can I encourage you that this is not your end? You know, not even take my word for it, but, you know, in the Bible, there was a prophet uh, named Jeremiah, and he was uh, talking to the Israelites, and the Israelites were in a very hopeless situation. They were taken away from their land uh, in slaves. You coming up here to preach too, Elia? They had taken away um, as slaves uh, to Babylon. They were captive. They were all conquered by Babylon. They were in a hopeless situation. Like they're under slavery. It is not looking bright. It is not looking good. You're like, you know, Daniel, he was there in Babylon, not because he's like, oh, Babylon looks like a nice place to sit down. Oh, they have great resources. The, the index on the lifestyle is really good here. No, he was taken there, captive there. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Yeah, those guys, they were taken there. They are in a hopeless situation. Yet the Lord says this to them. Now, you probably heard this before. Maybe you have a little journal where it's engraved on it, but this is the true word of the Lord. It's um, Jeremiah 29, 11, which says this. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, 
says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. See, the Lord has a future and a hope. He has hope for you. He has hope for you today that you may not see it right now in what you're surrounded by, but he has a hope for you, a future for you. And know what? It's a good plan, a good hope, a good future. Now you might be, yes, 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 Josiah. I've heard this before. I've heard it before. You've even said it before, but it hasn't worked out. Have you ever like misplaced something? Like something very important. And you're like, I'm going to put it in this special place so I don't lose it. And you misplace it. You place it there. And then all of a sudden you thought what was a safe place, you don't know where it is. You turn the house upside down. This happened to me two weeks ago. I had something super important. I spent like two hours looking for this, turning upside down, looking for it. And it was still in a safe place where I didn't know where it was. Um, for But I misplaced it. I misplaced it. I put it in the wrong place. I think, and then I lost it. I don't, I don't know where it is because I misplaced it. I think sometimes we can misplace our hope that we place it in the wrong thing or the wrong, uh, in the wrong vehicle, if you will, for our hope. And so then we lose it. We thought, oh, this would be a secure, a safe place. Yes, this is where the look at, okay, this is where it's gonna, yeah, I have hope here. And you place your hope here. And what you thought was a safe place, all of a sudden you realize my hope is lost. Nothing has turned out. In, in Jeremiah uh, is 17, it actually says this. So Jeremiah's writing to the same people. Jeremiah 17, uh, verse five, he says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. Now, God is not cursing you. You are cursed if you are misplacing or putting your trust in someone or something else. Uh, trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in a barren wilderness in an uninhabitable salty land. Salty land is unproductive land. That, that you are, that when you put your trust in mere humans or human strength, it's going to lead to hopelessness. You're misplacing your hope. Where did my hope go? I'm misplacing it, right? You don't, we, you do not have hope for the future if it's there. Okay, I'm putting my hope in the economy. Oh, okay, it, maybe not. I'm putting my hope in this situation. What, what is man-made or manpower? I'm, I'm putting my hope in how I can orchestrate things and like really work the back channels and make it happen. Or I'm putting my hope in my own strength or I'm putting my hope in, 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 in the government or I'm putting my hope in, in, like, in these things that I just do or I'm putting in my hope in this timeline that I've submitted to God and I I emailed it to him, I faxed it to him, I texted it to him. I even saw, like I SMSed him because um, I wasn't sure if he had iMessage, so. <laughs> but hopeless, it leads to being hopeless that you don't have hope. I think when you put your hope or your confidence in a man-made thing or man-made power, you misplace it. 
You misplace it in the same way if you misplace something, you lose it. You lose your hope. And it speaks, it says, you'll be like a a stunted shrub. Shrubbery. Um, a, a, a stunted shrub. Stunted shrub talks about what is something that's stunted? You're not living to the full potential. What was there at one time, you're not living out that full potential. You're not growing past. You're not going for. There's no hope for the future. The question that I have for me and the question I have for you is this, is where am I placing my hope? Am I misplacing it? Or I believe there's a place where we can actually place our hope and there's a confident expectation. That there's a confident expectation. Um, In feeling hopeless, could it be that I've misplaced my hope? Could it be that I've misplaced my hope? I've put it in the wrong place and I've lost it. But the good news is, as we read earlier, that God says that I have a future and a hope. You lost your hope, hey, he's got a new hope for you, a better one, and he's got a future for you. Now, in the following chapter, or verses, I should say, in verse seven, it says this. I like, it talks about like when you misplace your hope, but then it goes on, but. So, all right, everything, but listen to this is what it is. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Isn't that good? That when you put your hope in the Lord, not misplacing your hope, but putting your hope in the right place in the Lord, making him your hope, that there is actually, there is a confidence that you can have a hope for a future as the scripture says. There is hope for your future. Uh, Not in what I can do, not even in what things look like around me, but what the Lord has said. I love it here too. It talks about in, uh, let's just look at it again. In uh, Jeremiah 17 verse eight, it says, they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I think that's an amazing picture. And and that speaks to the reality that when you put your trust in the Lord, that like you're like putting your roots down into the the river that's by. I think it's, it's interesting that it doesn't say by a lake or by a pond. Those who put their trust and their hope in the Lord, it's like a pond. Because when it's a drought, ponds start to evaporate. When, it, when there's no rain, there's a drought, even lakes start to evaporate. It starts to shrink. But it says though, those who put their hope in are like trees by a riverbank who put their roots down into the water. Um, and I, I think it's interesting is that, that rivers, the sources. for like an actual river, the source is not just what what you see right now. Like it is beyond what you see, right? The river source is somewhere else beyond what I can see right now. Like when I'm fly fishing, 
uh, in Calgary and I'm experiencing that water that's flowing and hopefully the fish are eating. Like I prayed, I like fasted before I went out. Lord, let the trout bite and let me know what they're eating. But when I'm there, um, know what? The river is not, I'm not, it's not affected by the traffic on Memorial or the traffic on, on Deerfoot or the noise by Deerfoot. No, no, no. The supply for that river that I'm standing in is beyond where I can see. The supply is actually way up in the mountains somewhere that the melt-off started, I don't know how many days ago, and I'm just starting to experience it now. See, life, it can get hot. It can feel like you're in a drought, like nothing is working out. I don't see a possibility. Around me is all this noise. What is going on? Situation doesn't look promising. Everything that I can see is a drought. It's barren. But when you put your roots down, what you are immediate, what's around you immediately is not your supply. See, when your supply is not coming from only what you see and only your situation, when your hope is in God, you are tapped into what God has, which is beyond what you can see, beyond what your, your situation, beyond what you can do. The supply comes from beyond you. See, God, it was planned before the foundation of time that you would have provision for what you need that you can, all of the promises in Christ are yes and amen. It was that, that God, Jesus was, before you and I were breathing even, Jesus was, was planned to come to this earth to make a way for you, to have provision for you. And that now that we can actually tap into what was, was way planned before, we can reach down and receive what he has. That like Jesus said, he said, hey, um, you might you're going to have trials, tribulations, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome the world. You can put your hope in me and what I've done. You don't need to look at what's going on around you because your source isn't what is immediately there, right? When your hope is placed in the Lord, you have a hope for the future. You have a hope for your family. You have hope for the promises of God. You have a hope for your career, your business, your calling that God has for you. You have a hope for, for his future for you. You have a hope for your identity, who he says you are. You can be hopeful in the midst of drought, in the midst of heat. And like the scripture says, you can even be producing fruit even in the midst of it because your supply your life source, what you're drawing on isn't around you what you only see. It's not only what your situations are. What you are drawing from is the Lord, is the Lord. And he is the Lord that changes not some, changeth not some good King James there. In Isaiah 55, it says this, Isaiah 55 verse nine, it says, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. This is God saying. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground and water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. In the same way, my word, I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and will prosper everywhere I send it. In Jesus' name. See, God's word, when it goes forward, it accomplishes what he sent it to do. When he has said in his word who you are, what he has for you, 
what Christ has provided for you, who you are in Christ. Know what he said it for you. It will accomplish what it said. But we have the opportunity to not just be, okay, there, life's getting a little droughty. It's getting a little hot here. We can actually then put our roots down into what he has said. We can put our hope in him. And then there's a confidence that comes from it. A confident expectation that God will do what he said he will do. He will do it in his timing, his way, which sometimes is uncomfortable. Sometimes it's like, can't you just do it my way? No, because his ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He knows the beginning from the end and he's got you. And in the meantime, while we wait, because you don't need hope when you see it. You need hope when you're waiting. You need hope when you're believing. When, you, when you're waiting, you get to allow your roots to grow down, to go down into him, into his word, and provide you with refreshing, to put your hope in the Lord. Allow his word to bring refreshing to you that will grow you even in the midst when you don't yet see what you're hoping for. It will give you life. It will produce fruit. When you, your hope is rooted in the Lord in the midst of situations, in the midst of financial pressure, in the midst of unknown, in the midst of economic situations, the mix of doctor's reports, in the midst of um, like your kids are like, what do I even do with this kid? In the midst of past mistakes. Know what? Your hope can be rooted and grounded in the Lord. And there is a confident expectation that God will do what he says he will do in his word. See, no, hope has nothing to do with what's around you, biblical hope. That hope is actually on who God says, what he's said, and what he's going to do. That almighty God, the creator of the universe, has said this, that I have a hope and a future, that he has me, that we have today a hope for Eternity? Absolutely, because of Jesus. We have a hope for even tomorrow because of Jesus. And we even have a hope today because of Jesus. We have a future and a hope. Stephen, you can come up if you want. But if you're hopeless in this place of, of hopelessness, can I encourage you this? Is one, God loves you. God loves you. And his love is not just a words only, but there is action to it. Because God came for you to provide for you. God has a future and a hope for you. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus says this. In John 10.10, 10, it says this. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Uh, another translation says abundant life or life to the full. That we can put our hope in him. And maybe you are here today and you feel hopeless. That you've been hurt. You've been disappointed. That things aren't working out. But what's amazing, I believe, is that Jesus will heal hearts. I don't believe it. I know it. That he heals hearts that he brings peace. And if you've misplaced your hope, put it in the wrong place, there's no condemnation in Christ. But instead he says, I have a future and a hope for you. 
to put your hope in him. And as you do, as Jeremiah 17, verse 7 says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and made the Lord their hope and confidence. This is how you will be. You will be like trees planted along the riverbanks with roots that reach deep into the waters. That you will not be bothered by the heat of life or by drought or by those long months of drought. But actually, even in the midst of that, you will produce fruit. And I think some of that fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. But not only that, but in life, I believe that you'll even produce and bear fruit in the midst. If you're here today, why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? If you're here today and you feel hopeless, I misplaced my hope, or I don't have hope, I believe the Lord wants to minister to your heart and actually restore your hope, to fill your heart with hope. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week. Thank you.